Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We are going to continue our discussion about grace and the importance of grace and the fact that we are all saved by grace. We continue in God's grace. It is not about works before we are saved. It is not about works after we are saved. We ended up the last show, though, I think talking about the Apostle Paul. And we wanted to start there again today. The Apostle Paul, wow, if anybody understood grace, <laughs> it was the Apostle Paul. And you know what? I was just thinking about this yesterday. I was doing some work at home, and I was just thinking about a lot of the, I don't want to call them characters, but people, children of God throughout the Scriptures, and how at some point in all of our lives we can relate to more than one of them. We like to just choose one sometimes. Say, oh, that was me, David, 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 David. Well, uh, yeah, the Scripture says David was a man after God's own heart, and and yeah, I can relate to David, but then I was thinking about sometimes I, I relate to Paul too. And you know, Paul says I was the chief sinner. If anybody was the sinner, it was me. But God had to show him a revelation of righteousness. He had to show him himself, irregardless of all his dead works, all the things he did that wasn't pleasing to God. God still showed him what grace and mercy and love was by receiving him and, and allowing him to be a messenger for him. And, and again, and Paul still had his past life on his mind every now and then, because when you get saved, you don't get a new mind. That has to be transformed. Remember Romans 12, 2, be transformed by the renewing your mind. You get a new spirit. But so Paul had to start getting the mind of Christ and thinking like God thinks. And God thought that, you know, Paul was, a messenger for him. He knew what he preordained and predestined Paul to be in life, even though, you know, sometimes we get off course and we think we're doing right when we're really doing wrong. And that's what was Paul thing. Paul was very zealous for religion. <laughs> he thought what he was doing was right. But we know in the course of his life, he, he got off track. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. But on that Damascus road, he got right. But still, on his on his journey of being a Christian, the devil was reminding him of his past. And he thought, wow. But God still had to continue to remind him of who he was in Christ Jesus. And uh, I was just reading this in uh, Ephesians. And Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, too. So yeah, God used Paul out of all the stuff he did. He even, remember, Paul stoned Stephen. Yeah, one of the disciples. Yeah, Paul was responsible for that. 
That's why the other disciples, when Paul was like, I'm one of you guys now, they're like, yeah, right, whatever, man. This is another one of your tricks. You ain't getting us on this one. We seen what you did to Stephen. But look what Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, chapter 3. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't claim the Father, God as his Father, and he claimed Jesus as his Lord. He said, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Paul got a revelation right there because he said a lot. There's a lot of revelation in this. But I'm going to keep reading verse 5. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, by which he made us accepted in the beloved. Wow, God was revealing some stuff to Paul. But I want to go on to verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Ooh, Paul said, man, God got some rich grace here, man. Because if he could save a wretch like me, and God showed him that. And, and he called us his beloved. So Paul was not only talking about himself, he was talking about everybody else he was called to minister to. And remember, go preach the gospel. Paul was going, telling people this good news. And he was a recipient of that good news. Right, see, he wasn't telling people about something that hadn't happened to him. He wasn't telling them about religion either. Right, he knew what had <laughs> happened to him. Right. The person who had spoke to him and the person who had changed mm -hmm. him, he knew firsthand what he was talking about. Right. We, You know, a lot of times Christians, they, well, I, I don't know enough about the Bible maybe to speak to people. Just talk to people about what God's done in your own life, how God's changed you, how God's worked in your life. That's all you really need to tell people is what has God done in your life with you and for you? Mm -hmm. That's all they need to hear. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we think, well, I got to know the whole gospel. I got to know the whole Bible from front to back before I can go out and do the Great Commission. No. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. If you know that part and then you know what God has done in your own life, that's, that's the part that you can get excited about. What God done in your life? How has God changed you? And you we know, all we, should we, have a testimony. We, we talked, you know, I think a few days ago or maybe last week. For me, the biggest, two biggest changes for me was my vocabulary. I grew up around construction. I could cuss with the best of them. I mean, I, I could cuss with the best You don't look like you can now. I'm looking at you now. <laughs> I, you don't, I look don't like anymore. You, really. and, and you use a lot of words. That's, that's the biggest change, I think, outwardly in my life that people would have noticed was that I just don't cuss anymore. And I could. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew how to cuss do with really the best well. of them, huh? <laughs> and so, so I, I don't do that anymore. And, you know, we talked, I think, a few days ago. I could hold a grudge. I could remember why I was mad at you long after I could, or that I was mad at you long after I could remember why I was mad at you. And those are the kind of changes that God made in my life. And I can tell people about those, and people can see those that have known me, but you can tell this is what God's done in my life. This is what I know firsthand that he has done. And that's what people need to be able to tell other people. What You don't need to always tell people what God's done for somebody else. Tell them what he's done for you. Tell them how he's taken care of you your whole life. Tell, tell them how how when you've been ill, he has healed you. Tell them how he has watched over you financially. Tell them how he has always taken care of you. 
That's what they need to hear. Tell them how your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen to that. You know what? That was my Easter message. My Easter message was the benefits of the resurrection. What was benefited out of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection? Basically, mostly the resurrection. What did humanity benefit from that? And those are the things I talked about. Well, first of all, well, I can be reconciled and redeemed and restored back to God. That was my first benefit. And that's what I go tell people. If you ain't got no testimony, that can be your testimony. Right. I'm saved. I ain't hell bound. My name is written and, in the Lamb's Book of Life. if you got <laughs> up this morning and things didn't look that great and you weren't sure you had anything to really be thankful for, be thankful for that. Right. You're saved. So be that's, thankful your name is written in the book of life. That's more important than anything else. You know what? The woman by the well, I, I believe she got a revelation of that because she went, and Jesus made an evangelist out of her because soon as she left his side, she went to tell people about the man that she met because Jesus was talking to her. Their conversation started about water. She talked about this well, Jacob's well, blah, blah, blah. And Jesus started saying, well, I got some water. If you drink of this, you'll never thirst again. What kind of water you got? <laughs> yeah, cause Give me some of this water. Yeah, and as they were talking, Jesus started revealing to her what that water was. That water was the spirit that was coming out of him and that, you know, that salvation. She can get that water. And that one's really going to set you free. And after, you know, the conversation, we you know what happened. She went and told all the guys, because the Holy Spirit through Jesus revealed some things to her about her that Jesus shouldn't have known about. Remember, he was a Jew. She was a Samaritan. They wasn't really supposed to be conversating, but he revealed some things to her. Scripture says in Corinthians, the spirit reveals the deep things of God to us. But she went out and was an evangelist, and she gave her testimony. I, I just said all that to say that. She went and gave her testimony to the I people in her community. Man. I met this Who man. Tell me right, right. Yeah, <laughs> told me some stuff about myself, and, and I received some living water. I ain't thirsty no more. And Scripture said those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So we can tell people the good news. And that's our job as Christians. That's why we do this broadcast, Faith on Fire, to remind you, to stir up the gift that's in you, to remind you who you are in Christ Jesus. You know, we could be doing anything else here, but God directed us to do a broadcast like this, to continue to ignite believers' faith on fire and for those who are listening, probably just scanning the dial and just tuned in, you know, we're here to tell you God so loved the world. He loves people. He sent Jesus as a sin sacrifice for humanity to put us back in right standing with God. You, Yes, you might still have some, need some mind renewal. <laughs> we all do. It's a process. Sanctification is a process. But you're in the family once you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you get all the benefits that come with that, with sonship. And son doesn't mean gender, it just means offspring. You get all the benefits of being in the family. And the, 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 actually, the scripture calls us citizens of the kingdom. You're now a citizen of the kingdom. And remember, how do you become a citizen of a nation? You have to be born in that nation. Well, in the kingdom of God, you have to be born again, born by the Spirit. And that gets you in the kingdom of God. That gets your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And then you get... That's why scripture says you're an ambassador for Christ. You get all the benefits now of the kingdom. So now your job is to find out what your benefits are. <laughs> you know, we know that in the natural. You get a job. You The first thing you want to know, uh, what, what, what's the, especially benefit. what they tell you, you got a benefit package. You want to know what they are. Same thing in the kingdom. And once we become a child of God and we're part of the family of God, all those benefits accrue to us. 
Right. He is always with Grace us. is one of them, he, huh? He is our protector. He he is he cares for us. All those things that a, a father would do for his children. Mm. This is why the analogy I think that God uses as a father toward his children is so apropos. Because all the things that an earthly father would do for his children, God does for us. He protects us. In he abundance. over us. And he never makes a mistake. He's never wrong. Our earthly fathers, you know, sometimes might have made a mistake. God they, ain't going to make no mistakes. Oh, man, I, know, I made a mistake man, on Richard on that one. That. I should have done this. You know, as earthly fathers, we look back and we can say, you know, I should have done this. Right, done right. That. God never, ever looks back and says, I should have done this or I should have done that. I wasn't right in that. He's always right. We can rest in the knowledge. We can rest in the idea that he is always right. He always has our best interest at heart, and he is always right in all of those things that he does. Scripture says he's all sufficient. Jehovah he is, Jireh. He is enough. Jehovah Jireh. He provides. He provides all. Actually, in Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him, talking about the Father, who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or even imagine, according to the power that working in us. That power is the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of believing, the power of faith. He said, just believe, because nothing will be impossible. If you just believe my word, you feed on my word, and put some belief in it and start acting on it, I'll manifest it in your life. Ask Abraham. We can go right back to Abraham every time. Abraham didn't do nothing but believe God. That's what we're. That's what faith on fire Abraham's faith was on fire because the scripture says he didn't waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He was giving glory to God. I believe he was giving glory to God by his speech, what he was saying to his kinsmen, the folks around him. Because he had to stop calling himself Abram and had to start calling himself what God told him to call himself, Abraham. Remember? Father of many nations. And he wasn't weak in faith. He was constantly doing that. He probably was saying, hey, God's going to do this, Sarah. God's going to give us the baby. He was giving glory to God. He wasn't sitting there doubting constantly. And we know Sarah wanted to help you know, God out. Again, God, was, like you said, God already got a plan. He didn't even ask Sarah to, to help them out in that capacity by using Hagar. That's why we got this mess over, in, in, over there. But he didn't ask us to, okay, yeah, he didn't ask us, uh, he didn't ask Sarah to help out in that way. He told Sarah, believe like your husband believed in. Y'all go and make this thing happen. I'm going to give life to your uh, mortal bodies. I'm going to give some life to you guys. But she said, no, uh, send Hagar in there because uh, I ain't got my faith up. My faith ain't on fire like yours, Abraham. Because the Bible says Abraham believed God. It didn't say Sarah. <laughs> well, yeah. See, and this happens, though, to people every day in everyday life. I've talked to people. You have to, I'm sure. Yes, God has done things in the past, but you know what? This is different. This is this is bigger. That's what Sarah said, huh? <laughs> this is bigger. Well, I mean, I mean, this is this is probably beyond God. Is that what she probably thought? But we think the same thing. Mm-hmm. You, you know? Yes, I know. When my cousin had a broken leg, we prayed for her that she'd get better, and she did. I know that when this person had this illness, we prayed for him. But you know, this is stage four cancer. So this is probably too big for God. You know, this is something else. This is probably too big for God. And so we put God into a box. We say, yeah, I know that when somebody's got the flu, we'll pray for them, and we're, we're pretty sure that they'll get better from the flu, so we'll go ahead and pray for them. But you know what? I don't say that there's much hope in praying for somebody whose kidneys are failing or who's got something else. There's really not any point in that. 
Well, you and that person need to meditate and start declaring Ephesians 3.20. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, think, or imagine. See, I and, like that imagine part. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. more than we can even he, he imagine. Said, I got to get it in your imagination. He had Abraham. He took Abraham outside at night and wanted to get something in his imagination about all those stars. He said, look out at the stars. Count how many there is. Abraham says, too many. I can't count them. He said, now imagine this. That's how many kids you're going to have. Too many. You can't count them. And in Galatians, it says, if you be Christ, you be Abraham's seeds and heirs according to the promise. And also, back to this, Christ has redeemed us from the curse, being made a curse for us, that the blessing of Abraham may come on us. We're, we're hooked up with Abraham. And we know Jesus came through Abraham's lineage. Yeah, you have to. Really simple, Richard, you have to be a student of the scriptures. You have to hear the word of God. You have to feed your faith on the word of God and starve your doubt with all the negative stuff that's going on, all this negative stuff the devil's trying to get you right. to believe. Do I believe that I stand in God's grace or do I not? You know, I do. The Bible talks <laughs> about, do. but I mean, the Bible says, Romans 5, you know, we've been talking about the last couple of days, that we are in God's grace. We stand in God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Do I believe that or not? That's that's where the rubber meets the road for Christians is that do I believe that or not? Unfortunately, uh, there are Christians who live as if they don't actually believe they are in God's grace, that they somehow now have to do things on their own, that if somebody, you know, maybe it's a financial issue in their life. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe it's some other issue. But they start to think they have to do something about it. And if they don't do something about it, it's not going to be done. This is where worry comes in. If I don't really believe that God can take care of me, I'm going to be worried. There is a lot to be worried about if I don't really believe that God can take care of me. If I don't believe that God can heal my child or my sister or my mother or my father or whoever it is, I have a lot to worry about. I should be worried if I don't really believe that God can do that. There are a lot of situations in our life where worry could be a, a big part of our life. But if we just believe God, believe that we're in his <laughs> grace, uh -huh. believe that he is sufficient, believe that he is able to take care of us and able to do more than we can even imagine, if we can believe that, then the worry and the doubt and the fear that we have about all these things that are taking place, we no longer need to have. When a, when a kid, most of the little kids you see, do you see them worrying about how the PG&E bill is getting paid? That's not the ones else, in my house. That's somebody else's worry, right? <laughs> right. They're not worried about how the groceries are going to get bought or the rent's going to get paid or any of that. That's somebody else's worry. Somebody whose pay grade is above there, so to speak. Right. Well, you know what? We worry about a lot of stuff that our Heavenly Father says, that's my worry. I'm taking care of that. You don't need to be worrying about that. Well, he tell us that, he tells us that. that in Matthew 6, don't worry about your life. See, and I always say this, Richard. I can't never stop advocating being a student of the Scriptures because I understand this. Faith begins, faith for the things of God begins where the will of God is known. Once you find out what the will of God is concerning any situation or circumstance, you put some faith in it. And he's, it's going to be in, it's in his word. But God wants us to spend that time searching the scriptures 
the Bible says over in Acts that somebody who was that Stephen or somebody, the women, they searched the scriptures daily. You got to still, the, the word of God still is good. You got to search them daily and find out what's God's will concerning my finances. What's God's will concerning my health? What's God's will concerning my children? What's God's will concerning me? I want to know. Again, when I got saved, I, I started wanting to find out what, what's the benefits to all of this. What do I get out of it? Well, I get to go spend eternity in heaven. I get to be in right standing with God. I just start learning and growing. And here's the deal. The more I learn and grow in the knowledge of the Lord, being filled with his will and his knowledge, the more my faith grows. Because I'm, I'm just thinking about what he says. And that's a, I believe God delights in that. Because the scripture says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of the heart. For me, one of the big things that happened that really opened my eyes was when I realized I'm a child of God now. I'm not going to be a child of God. I'm not going to be a child of God in some day when I go to heaven. I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm a child of God now. And I'm a recipient of his grace now. Years ago, when that finally dawned on me, that it wasn't for something for later, but that I was a child of God now. I was a part of the kingdom of God now. I was a part of the family of God now. That really, that proverbial light bulb well, thing. Well, the scripture you know, says this in Hebrews 11, 1. Now faith, is the, it says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now. It don't say faith's going to be the substance of things. Faith is always now. You got to receive the grace of God now. That's why the scripture says, in the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. You go ahead and receive it now. Don't say, oh, I'm going to put this off to later. No, I'm going to receive this now. I'm a child, when your child come to you he, with a request, he expects it now. <laughs> he expects the answer now. They don't want you to say, I'll get back with you. Tell me now you're going to do this, daddy. Yeah, don't tell me I'll uh, come back in three days later. And we know that. Jesus told the story about the unjust judge, that the woman... Kept on coming back, but but she wanted an answer. But anyway, yeah, you have to just believe. And that basically, we call ourselves believers because we believe what the Word of God says. But as Christians, we need to understand that we're part of the kingdom of God now. It's not just for the future. You no. know, when Lazarus died, that's when Jesus said he was the resurrection and the life. And they said, well, yeah, we know that someday we're, he'll be resurrected. He says, no now let me correct your theology no no i am the resurrection <laughs> right I, i'm here now the resurrection is here now and and that's what see, we need now to, faith is see, as christians i think way too often we live as if all these benefits are gonna come later these, the, yeah they're that love and joy and peace and all those things are going to be for later that that praise will be for later that that all these things will be for later no, God wants to have us to have these things now. We have his presence now. We won't be in his presence later. We, we will be, but I mean, we don't have to wait until later to realize I'm in God's presence. I'm in God's presence here in the studio. When I go get in my car, I'll be in God's presence. When I go home, when I'm at the grocery store, wherever I am, I am in God's presence. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to be in his presence. I am in his presence now. I'm in his favor right now. That's right. I'm in his we favor have right his now. blessings right now. I don't have to wait till I die, so I'm going to get God's blessings. I have them now. Well, we just read it in Ephesians. He's has made unto us, he's given us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. 
He's already given that to us. So right. now we're not waiting. I can I can enter that because it's already been given I don't, to me. I don't have to wait to someday get God's love. I have God's love now. Mm-hmm. I don't have to wait sure. to enjoy God's protection. I have it now. Actually, look what he says right here back in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, verse 14, and I'm going to work myself back. He said, uh, let's look at verse 13. Ephesians 1, 13. In him... You also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. He called that the word of truth, the gospel. In whom also having believed, there's that believe word again, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of glory. He said, I've given you the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. You got this now. You got the when you get born again, you get the Holy Spirit in you now. It don't come right, later. Right, right. You get it now. And he said that's the guarantee. So now you can come. To, you can come boldly to the throne. You can talk to me now. I gave you the guarantee. I, and actually, another scripture say we were sealed with the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. Well, that's that's now. It ain't you're gonna be sealed with it for us, the children of God, the ones that's gonna get saved. Yes, you're gonna be sealed with it. But for us who are already saved, we've already been blessed with. All blessing, spiritual blessings in the heavenly places, and we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit as the prom, as a promise, as a guarantee. So a guarantee means it's gonna happen. Every promise <laughs> and, and every promise he made, they're guaranteed. He's every guaranteed. promise he ever made. Well, the scripture says in Corinthians, all his promises, all the promises in God are yes and amen. And they're always good. He'll never back yeah. out. You know, people back out. They'll, oh, I promise I'll be there on Saturday, and then they're not. Or I promise right, right, I'll right. be there at ten, and then they're not. People do things like that to us all the time. God never does. When he makes a promise, that promise is, as you said, always yes and yes amen. And amen. It is always going to do what he said because mm-hmm. he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So all of his, you know, this is a great thing about grace is that we don't have to worry that someday we're going to get to heaven and God's going to say, you know what? I changed my mind on that grace thing. I think it's going to be about works, and you guys are out because you didn't do any works because you thought that you fell for that whole grace line. No, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when mm-hmm. He says that we're saved by grace, it has always been by grace. It will always be by grace. We stand before Him because of grace, and so it is very important for us to always understand that we are in God's grace. Amen. I'm going to finish with this, uh, James. I mean, 2 Peter 2.18, it says, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen, amen. So this is going to conclude it for this episode of Faith on Fire. We want to remind you as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. 
Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.